I was going to try to say something besides all right, but I don't know how else to start anything else besides saying all right. It's ingrained in my mind. All right. What are you, Matthew McConaughey? It, it's a Texan thing. It's got to be. It's the sort of thing. You could do like welcome weebs or like uh, outrageous, outrageous otakus. Welcome to the Senpai mm. Kohei podcast. Yeah, see, I'm creative as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Welcome weebs is good. Outrageous otaku. I don't know. I feel like I'd, I'd have to give wedgies to a bunch of people that I just I just greeted as outrageous otakus. That mm, I'd give swirlies. All right, now welcome to the next episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. This is Trey bullying everyone I see. I'm joined tonight by Steven. As it goes, how's it going tonight, Steven? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, after you put me through the ringer. Um of uh, fire emblem we will talk about that soon but seriously thank you for that so uh i'm doing good overall but fire you need to be put through the fire on the ringer on fire emblem i've also been through the ringer on fire emblem of sorts not as much as you are now you're you're in yeah. a different ringer of pressure peer pressure um we actually have a bet on you finishing fire yes. emblem in a timeline so I'm interested to see if you will meet the time. Um, what was it? You have okay. A... So I have I have until the until min eleven fifty nine p.m. on nine four to complete Fire Emblem Three Houses, the current route I'm on. After that, I have to play our next book club game, which is Atelier Riza, and complete it by. 918 which is totally doable for me because i've played every atelier game and i can speed run those bitches like crazy uh the bigger challenge is the fire emblem of course especially since technically i have until thursday to finish it because i have plans with uh my partner so yeah i've uh i've stepped in it but any opportunity to prove trey wrong and make him pay other people and just lord it over him I, did, I, will, I put I will do I put, it. I put money on Stephen not being able to do it. I know Stephen has a completionist air about him. He wants to see everything that can happen, and he has he hasn't even gotten to the the middle of the game yet. He hasn't yeah. even gotten to the grit, and so I'm excited to see what happens once uh, once he gets there and he realizes he's not going to beat this by Thursday. <laughs> I just got to paralogs, and clearly they are slowing me down. So. We will see. I have. I am on vacation this week. I have no responsibilities until Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, so here we go. Yeah, I'm in chapter 10. Uh, as I know my current route, it's 18 chapters. So clearly the shortest route, even though it's actually the route I wanted to do. So that's at least a benefit in my favor. I am breaking away from a little bit of the completionist kind of thing I have going. But yeah, definitely paralogs are slowing me down because uh, I got a hero's relic weapon from one of them. And I, now I want to see if all of them give you hero relic weapons. And they don't, but they give you some good ass stuff. Like oh. the knowledge gym. Like the knowledge gym actually lets it gets you like uh, a boost to skill acquisition if you equip it. There's the experience gym, which gives you double experience if you equip it to a, a character. It's just, it's unfair. Now oh, I have yeah. to play all of them. They uh, they only give you good things. Like I I had I thought most of them gave you relics, but I had a few that gave me some really good accessory items that I attached mm -hmm. to my mages. I want to say most of my mages had all my bonus stuff because they just were too weak. Oh, yeah. I focused on my tanks for the most part. But really, your mages were your weakest. They they were my, my Violeth and Dimitri. They they took out thousands 
And when I say <laughs> when I say thousands, I mean it. They they took them out. Oh. My girls, Bernie and Shamir, are out here just killing people before they even get the chance. And man, you get you get uh, Edelgard and and my character Bonsai, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. yeah, they, they high speed characters and they just dodge everything and just kill stuff in one hit. I I love them to death. And I'm trying to, and I've already recruited like a bunch of characters from other houses, and I, I haven't even hit the. Uh, the I know there's a time skip, so I'm not going to pretend like I don't know there is a time skip. But I haven't even hit the time skip yet. What level is the range of your characters? Uh, it's let's see, probably about twenty six. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like uh, there's there's definitely some lesser used characters that are lower, like right around the twenty mark. I can I have advanced classes. I got advanced classes like right at chapter eight and upgraded right. a couple. Um, but like uh, Ferdinand, my little you know wimpy noble boy, he's. He's down. He's down at like eighteen or nineteen, I think, like that. But was I know with the blue lions. No, he's with the black eagles. I'm talking about my black eagles, folks. Um, I'm thinking of Felix. Never mind. Not, I'm, I'm thinking of Felix. I I'm trying to recruit everybody I possibly can that is not able to be recruited. See, that's that could, that's what's going to slow you down. You I know get, it is. I'm, I'm gonna I, get I'm gonna get richer. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not going to get richer. Everybody else in the group the group chat is going to hate me. Is what's going to happen. And you might get some dosh. We'll see. I I, I want to prove you wrong. I that is the, what I live for. It's what I breathe for. No, I I think I've seen this movie. <laughs> but as long as you're enjoying the game, that's what matters. I am, and that's the truth. It's a great game, and I love that there's multiple playthroughs, and that they're different. Like it's yeah. not just uh, slight slight variances. Um, and it's also one of those few games where the new game plus actually transfers the progression you've gotten from previous games. So it's not like you have to start from zero on a new playthrough. So I like that a lot. Absolutely. Speaking of new game plus, um, while we're already on a tangent. So I have started playing the origami King, not started. I already beat paper Mario, the origami King. And while we're in the middle of this lull between book club games, I've kind of made it a goal for me to go back and 100% certain Nintendo games I have, because I'm pretty much down to just my switch and my PC. That's really what I play. And yeah, you avoid PS4 games for the most part, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I'm I'm done. Don't I don't I don't even have the PS4 no more. I'm done. I really? Am, mm-hmm. I am wow. cold turkey. Done with it. And so I what was it? I downloaded the Origami King. And so I'm going through getting all the collectibles, getting all the big mega trophies that kind of overarch all the big challenges in it. And it's been fun just going through trying to do all that i like the in-game achievements it has like a lot of people give nintendo shit for not having achievements but for the most part they normally have their own in-game stuff so Mm. that you don't have to worry about overarching achievements to show off for your own validation elsewhere but it'd be nice but i mean it is what it is i mean you used to lord the number of platinums you had over me so i still will (laughs) even though you don't play ps4 anymore you have my account on your on your Uh, yeah i know i do you can also Also, Sinran Kagura X Neptunia is a PS4 exclusive as far as I'm aware. That was like the day after I got rid of my PS4 and I I realized, ah, ah, they got to bring it somewhere else. I'm hoping PC. They've done more PC stuff. Yeah. uh, What was it? Bon Appetit is on PC. And I've got, I think, almost all the Sinran Kagura collection on there already so I can re-platinum Peach Beat Splash. 
so yeah god that game is so good uh, yeah. it's ridiculous we joke about it a lot but that game is a lot of fun it's really fun yeah yeah i'd love to get i'd love to get a, a our group chat all playing the game and then do multiplayer matches we need a competitive squad yeah that's what we need we need to e- evo i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to i think his name's andrew ryan i think he's the guy in charge of evo he playstation owns evo andrew ryan owns playstation i'm gonna talk to him i think i think he'll listen absolutely like you got it okay man you know marvelous you know marvelous you know you know peach peach flash mr henderson you need to leave i (laughs) it's marvelous marvelous yes fantastic okay so you're going through origami king to kind of wrap up some last minute collectibles and things like that and then i'm going to go through the xenoblade chronicles definitive edition oh that's right because you didn't finish everything right no but to do that you kind of need to do a new game plus to get the rest of everything and collect every to collect everything again. It, it helps with it. And so I'm actually going to do my first official new game plus. And I, I kind of decided that I was like, man, that's a, that's thrilling. I don't, except for kingdom hearts. I never really replay games. So this will be my first one apart from a Tetsuya Nomura joint that I have uh, replayed. Wait, Wait, you're a huge fan of Tetsuya Nomura, right? Yeah. Have you ever played The World Ends With You? I've started it on mobile, but I realized that I need to play this on a console. Mm-hmm. And so Hands- I, I need to do that on my Switch. Well, I, uh, I can honestly recommend it deeply. That game lived in my Nintendo DS for years. I would go to, I went to Penny Arcade Expo. I went to Penny Arcade Expo South. I went to multiple anime conventions, and I carried that with me because in the original game, there was a, there was a spot pass kind of function, mm-hmm. and certain badges would only evolve into other badges through experience you got from spot passing people, essentially. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ate, slept, and breathed that game for so many years because it was just fun because the leveling system was different. Um have you 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 experienced it like you can adjust like how tough the enemies are to determine how much like money and items you get from from drops it's it's been a while i don't quite remember it because i only played a couple hours and i was like whoa i like this i need mm -hmm. to experience this in a different environment to really really enjoy this yes and the thing is uh so instead of leveling up traditionally you would actually go to restaurants or uh, places like uh, like drink bar places and things like that and consume an item. And it would put a certain amount of like hunger blocks in your character. And after you did like eight, it did eight hunger blocks or food blocks, and then you do eight battles, and then you would get a stat boost based on what you ate. So you adjusting your stats and everything was actually integral to you, like what you ate and things like that. It was such a unique system. I like and, uh, no mer. Nomura has has definitely a distinct style. I think it's fun, and a lot of people make fun of the number of belts and things like that. But uh, I loved it. I loved everything about the character designs. The story was pretty unique at the time. Death games are a little more uh, kind of drawn out and a little old hat at this point. But when it came out, death games were that, and it was a well done death game, and it was stylish, and it was set in a modern world. This is like one of the reasons why Earthbound is one of my favorite RPGs of all time is because it took the JRPG formula and smacked it into a more modern era. Like you, 
when you earned money from a fight, your parents deposited money into your bank account and you would have to withdraw it from an ATM. You didn't get potions or elixirs. You would get uh, double cheeseburgers and, you know, a soda pop, uh, that sort of thing. I love that, that kind of creativity of adapting it. And, you know, where Earthbound was my early gaming influence, World Ends With You was definitely later in my, my gaming life. And I was a huge fan of it. So I feel that. Get it. That. Get it. I will. I will get World Ends With You, but I will not get behind Earthbound. I can't. But before I put myself in a rabbit hole, let me go ahead and bring us to our next segment. Uh, or a segment of sorts, but apart from our long... I think this is the longest intro we've had. Absolutely. Wow. All right. So I don't have a quiz for you. Instead, what I've done is I reached out to Twitter on the... Or not, not Twitter, on Reddit. And I reached out on the anime Reddit and I put out for questions, and I got a couple oh, of questions man. for us to discuss. Um, the first one being from Maringe Feeling. Don't really know what that means. Um, his questions were, is retro anime better than modern anime? And I thought that'd be an interesting one, seeing as how there's kind of a threshold where that, that changes. Hmm. Or a couple thresholds where that could change. Okay, so... Real quick, uh, that, that is a great question, but there is a caveat, like to, to depending on the age of the fan and when they started their fandom, technically what could be considered retro, mm. uh, it changes per person. So with that in mind, like I, I know where I stand on retro anime versus modern anime. And like that. I want to hear your opinion on that. Like, these are like kind of quick fire things. So let's let's see what you have to say, considering where you started. Like, do you consider what you started with retro or is there a, a decade associated with it? So I think it's going to have to be a decade that that's considered retro. Mm -hmm. So what's your threshold? Probably it's it's going to have to be 2000, the year 2000 and below. It's going to be retro. Um, And I, I don't want to say it's better. I want to say there, there's definitely some bangers, but there are uh, a lot, a lot of better, more refined pieces that have come out since then. But I don't want to say that retro is better in that case. What do you think? Uh, this this is, real quick, this is a two-pronged question for me. You're right. In terms of story and things like that, I actually think that modern anime is better. There is better writing in the in the market in the from 2000 on. I it Really, like, to me, the golden era is definitely, like, uh, mid-2000s kind of series. And, and, and even, in, even a little bit into the 2010 period but like 2000 to 2010 there was some great stuff a lot of the things that people consider classic anime now on a different front because i've talked about it a million times the thing i like retro anime more for is some of the best hand-drawn animation like and i see you nodding your head and smiling that's that's the truth like i don't mind digital animation i think there is some fantastic digital animation animation wow animation and but it also depends on who is you know animating uh kyoto animation is fantastic production ig is fantastic um i'd actually argue that what what is the company what is the company that animates jojo i'm impressed with the work they have on jojo that's david david yeah Mm -hmm. they do a great job of adapting that but it's also interesting because they're adapting a series that actually has an art style more reminiscent of the 80s and like 90s era. So that's even funnier when I think about it that way. 
but I do look back at some of the because the nineties and uh, and all that were definitely like the OVA era, and OVAs do tend to have a higher budget for animation, and so they could do some more. Uh, like, have you heard of the term uh, sakuga? Yes, I think we've talked yeah. about it a little bit, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead and delve. Yeah, so sakuga to to make it as plain as possible is uh, segments of animation that are just top notch. Like you can actually look up on YouTube right now, Sakuga compilations and people take moments from different animations and not even just completely anime, just animation in general and kind of mix it together with music or just show it off in general. Uh, Cowboy Bebop pops up in there a lot. Um, I think I did see somebody drop some Kobayashi's uh, Dragon Maid animation in there. And if we're being realistic, anything Kyoto animation has popped up with any kind of action oriented they do a great job with. Um, I'd actually, I, I will bring up the best time during the 2000s era anime, thanks to Kyoto Animation. Like one of the original progenitors of the animated dancing. Have you ever heard of Hare Hare Yukai? I don't think so. So, this, to me, this is like the most notable one is uh, back when they animated uh, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, um, the ending song was a song. Uh, called Hare Hare Yukai. And in the ending animation, they had all the characters dance, uh, like have a synchronized dance going on. And it's so well animated and it really took off. Um, and to me, it's got, do you, uh, so to me, Hare Hare Yukai was one, it was imitated on YouTube constantly. You can still look up some of the fan, like, you know, in cosplay, kind of like in, in all the like con events where people would do this dance. And then after that came Lucky Star, also animated by. Kyoto Animation that had an opening song with a whole lot of synchronized dancing and things. People imitated that one as well. Um, I think I think it kind of dropped off. Uh, it had a few. There was a few others that kind of popped off a little bit after that. The next closest one that probably came out uh, that was imitated to that level uh, wasn't until in the last few years with Kaguya-sama: Love Is War because there's the episode where they have. Uh, oh wait, you haven't watched the show because I can't make this reference. You bastard. <laughs> Is it the Chica dance? Yeah, it's the Chica dance. I know and, the Chica dance. And, and the thing for me is the Chica dance is it definitely took off and it definitely got uh you know some traction in the uh the sphere of fandom. But I kind of don't really count it to a degree because it's rotoscoped. Uh do you know what rotoscoping is? It's like the 3D kind of animation, right? It's actually it's animation based on live action movements. Oh, like a mocap kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Like a, like if you look back and watch uh, a Scanner Darkly, it's a movie uh, way back when. Whoa! Yeah, that's a rotoscoped movie. Whoa! That that showed up on all the VHSs like back in yeah. the day. Like if you, I think it was on the Digimon movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Scanner Darkly. And, yeah. <laughs> whoa. That's a that's an unlocked memory there. <laughs> yeah, because oh. the Scanner Darkly was like a pretty early rotoscope stuff, and technically there was other animes that used rotoscope as well. I believe, uh, I believe uh, Flowers of Evil used rotoscope as well, where it basically was it basically projected animation on top of like basically mocap. And so I don't really count it in the same vein, but it was still really cool, and that song is legit. Um, also, I love Kaguya-sama, and I will annoy you until the day you die. As a matter of fact. You know, if you're ever here, I'm just going to turn it on. I'm just going to turn it on. That sounds like a hostage situation. <laughs> that's, uh, but I, that's something I think I'm watching with my wife. I, th I think she would like it. 
So you I'll see if I can push that with her. I think she's going to really like Kaguya-sama. 100%. I could gush about Kaguya-sama forever, so let's move on from that. Yeah. But my my final take is animation, retro. Storytelling, modern. I feel that. I feel that. Another question comes from Cool Ice Cream Cone. I, love I read it. that really I love weird. the name. Cool Ice it, Cream it's Cone. <laughs> I read that weird. <laughs> did you think it's, it's, it sounded sensual? It did. Only because I broke it up right there. No, cool Ice Cream Cone. <laughs> so anyway, uh, a question they asked was, uh, best non-anime cartoons. So what is one that you have, that, or a best cartoon you have that's not an anime? Mm. Best best cartoon that is not an anime. Okay, so it's relatively recent, but Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was is absolutely it remains in my mind as a fantastic piece of animation and writing and comedy and action that I just adore. Like yeah. the fact that we haven't had a season three yet is blowing my mind because. I started watching that because you recommended it and I had seen it. It seemed like something I'd like, but mm-hmm. I hadn't because it was kind of locked behind. Uh, what was it at the time? It was like when DC tried to have their own streaming channel before HBO absorbed them. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard anything about a season three that that's odd. Yeah. And it sounds like this whole thing supporting them was kind of Harley Quinn. And uh, there's another show, but, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so the thing is, is one of the things I loved about it is it definitely, like, adapted that kind of, like, uh, Bruce Tim kind of uh, Batman the Animated Series style. But then, because they clearly didn't have to worry about network censors, they did they did wild stuff. And I loved it. I, I, the violence level of it was, it, it was comical at times. And I, and I love how much they just spanned the whole universe of DC to do weird shit that was funny. I, it's one of the big reasons why I consider it so good is I have a hard time with comedy. Comedy has to be really good to make me laugh out loud. And that may, and, and you know, like this basically could lead me down a road of uh, you laugh, you lose kind of challenge uh, sort of territory. Maybe, maybe I'll do that one day, but Harley Quinn made me laugh and it looked beautiful. And Alan Tudyk was fucking wonderful in that show. Yeah. I loved him so much. So yeah, that is my answer for that's one of my answers. But what what do you got? What do you got? I think mine's actually going to have to be the Bruce Tim Batman. Oh really? Yeah. Like the original? I, yeah. I there's there's nothing I could just put on for background and just enjoy more than that. I, I want to say Billy and Mandy, but it's not every episode is a banger for that one. It's it's just the few that you find that are just so unnecessarily funny for Billy and Mandy. But I'm also working through a bunch of different cartoons as well as I'm watching anime in my spare mm-hmm. time or whenever, you know, I can put something on it and entertain the baby, too. But it's I'd have to say Batman. I, I, I will throw in and say that is definitely a good choice. Um, I wanted to kind of break out of my, my – we've talked about Batman, the animated series, quite a bit. So I kind of wanted to break out of my shell on that one. Um, I definitely don't want to go through The Simpsons because then I had to explain that certain seasons are better than others um, because that's the truth. But the, the next one I'd say is Regular Show. Have you ever seen Regular Show? I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't seen like a, a continu- continuity, I guess, of the whole thing. 
so the reg regular show to me is just so dang funny and it's clearly it's clearly written by an 80s kid because every episode starts out with lazy slacker guys working in this in this uh park and every character is some kind of weird amalgamation of like animal or inanimate object turned into a person and that doesn't really matter like no one has to explain that shit They're, because it starts out every episode they don't want to work or something odd is happening and then they try to get out of work and or deal with a situation that's normal and it deeply spins into supernatural kind of pop culture magical bullshit um one of my uh, what, like the first episode literally involves them like not wanting to do stuff and you know there's just random jokes about hand boning like, uh, like oh. yeah hand boning like slapping yourself making music out of slapping your own your own self and they end up they end up going through the, the episode and they run into like this angry wizard and he drops his keyboard and they find out they have a magic keyboard that does stuff and then they end up on the moon and they're they had to fight this like giant monster on the moon and the way they beat it is uh the kind of like uh scrappy raccoon character rigby just goes over and hand bones on the guy's leg and it's distracting and they it's this whole thing it gets wild fun fact also mark hamill voices the the yet the immortal yeti uh skips in that show it, it, at this point what is mark hamill not brought to the fucking table yeah he he is any and everything yes and for good reason wow but yeah those are my two i like i'm trying to think of another one. Oh, kim possible loved kim possible uh, my <laughs> wife really likes kim possible but i don't think i could watch that nowadays and enjoy it i i, I see it for a nostalgic value but like oh yeah I know I'm pretty sure there's like not a plot anywhere in there that keeps it going. It's just an episodic spy stuff mm -hmm. that goes like, I think the movies were fun, but I think that's the only thing I really enjoyed from Kim possible itself. But that's just me. To me, uh, Kim possible was the last vestige of like traditional Disney channel animation. Yeah. Um, the, and that was at the time that was the case. Like it, it was the last like real, like, disney style animation that kind of you got a little invested in the characters and there was a little bit of like plot threads that kind of hung over but it wasn't super necessary but mm. it had fun writing it had well voiced characters it was it was disney so it was good animation i, I enjoyed it a lot um it wasn't until the newer ducktales that we had anything that kind of compared yeah. and that was a, that was a lot of time between kim possible and ducktales on xd a lot of time yeah so I'm going to bring us to the next one. All right. It's a gorgeous animation from, or sorry, from underscore flamp. Is gorgeous animation enough to save an anime with a lackluster story or characters? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it would be the same, vice versa. I don't think a great story could be saved by shitty animation. Uh, I disagree on that one. Okay, yeah. so so here's the thing: is great animation elevates mediocrity to good. Great animation elevates good to great. Oh, um, that because like when you think about when you think about your your like you ten out about. of let me hear it let me hear it when you think about your ten out of ten shows the things that you remember forever. It is it is 
like there's a good unique experience in the story in the character development in the characters themselves and good animation brings it to a level that makes it memorable it, it gives you a visual representation whereas like the story and the character development kind of represents in your in your mental space so you kind of get the whole experience and if it has good music on top of that then you've hit the perfect trifecta and you've hit your 10 out of 10. this is why flco will forever and ever and ever be my favorite anime of all time i'm glad so, you brought up music because mm-hmm. the first thing that came to mind when I read the question was your lie in April. Ah. And so when I first thought of it, I was like, man, was if your lie in April, if that was really shittily done, and if they didn't show the boy playing the piano, if everyone wasn't gorgeous, if it was just a dull colored anime in a steampunk world, and it didn't even show the music. If it, mm-hmm. if it just showed, oh, man, I got to play this piano. Oh, man, she's playing that saxophone or whatever she was playing. Violin? Was she was playing it was violin. a violin. Yeah, it was That's a, a jump. <laughs> it had been a lot cooler if it was a saxophone. But if, if it would have shown that or if it didn't show that, if it was just like a distance thing because people couldn't draw, I think it really would have pulled or detracted from that whole emotional emotional pull you had at the end when you really felt like their bonds were growing because they were performing together and I guess falling in love. Mm-hmm. But I guess to your point, it only gets better if they can, or if it's animating better. So that, that makes sense. I feel that. So this, uh, this brings me, this is, uh, this is gonna make me sound like a severe fanboy, And I, I guess it should, cause I do feel this way about Kyoto animation, Kyoto animation, Kyoto animation does this all the time. For instance, um kyoto animation we talked about the the synchronized dancing that took off really big but they have things like my favorite example this is uh what is it uh love love delusions and and chinibio yeah that series would be pretty mundane uh if it wasn't for the fact that they animated what they were imagining in their heads during those moments like for those that don't know the Chunibyo is like a middle schooler syndrome. So it's like you you live in your imagination. You 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 write yourself as a specific character with specific powers. It's, it's a pretty common like joke slash trope in some of the more recent series. Uh, Naka Naka from uh, Komi Can't Communicate comes to mind, and she's fantastic. Um, but love Chunibyo and other delusions. That's what it was. Um, Kyoto Animation animates all of that, and uh, it shows it like having powers and like like gigantic weapons and and all the action to go with it even though they're just imagining it and that that changed that show for me from kind of like slightly humorous romantic comedy with some uh you know social commentary to something that was next level like that that show made me cry between the animation and the character development like uh it's not really like it's not really a spoiler but the moment when deka mori reveals to one of the other characters that she knows that it's not real but she doesn't care i had i had to take yeah. a break i had to it take a rough. break i when she was crying i stopped and i was like i have to go cry this out real quick because that is some that's an experience that you can jive with and it was animated so well from like the way her tears welled up and everything animation and can go a long way and i actually still again with kyoto animation stand by that with kobayashi's dragon maid 
Oh yeah. Because because some of the mundane actions that she does is animated so well it makes it even funnier. Um and if we're going really far back, Kyoto Animation had a hand in Irresponsible Captain Tyler, and that show is animated like crazy good. Like the the amount of detail that goes into instruments and and space flight controls and just the characters' reactions and their clothes, it's so good. How much is Kyoto paying you to be on this podcast? I I wish they were. I wish I, they were. I I'll I wish just they were it. paying me to be I, here I would, with you on this podcast <laughs> as i gush about kyoto animation i haven't even watched sound euphonium i haven't watched violet evergarden i'm still missing m- moments in my kyoto animation life so yeah mm. but it, it but this the point stands animation boosts things up a certain rank but i do disagree with you that poor animation with a good story it doesn't work i i think it absolutely does but it's not just a good story. It's how they use that less than stellar animation to tell that story and develop those characters. If it's just like slapping it on there and, you know, like copy paste kind of thing. Like here's a story. Here's, here's animation to go with it. Sure. That's going to be trash. But if you can use that animation to tell a story and, and make you feel things with people. uh, Absolutely. Uh, There's a series called ping pong that in my opinion, really doesn't have the greatest animation. Some people may argue with me, um, and, but it was a really good story, and the characters were really well developed, and and I think it's I think it's a great show. Okay, well, hot damn! I I, th- I think you even convinced me to change my mind about it. Um, actually, oh here we go. Last question: favorite redo of Healer episode or waifu? Oh god damn it! And so, I uh. I opted for the waifu. I haven't watched Redo of Healer, and mine is Jiral or Jiral, Gyrate. Freya, like Flair or Freya, um, <laughs> is the first name. Yeah, yeah, the pink-haired, uh, the pink-haired one. She seems to be on most of the covers. Uh, I'm about that. No, you're are you just go- you're going by design, right? I am going by design. Like you haven't actually watched the show. I have or, no or the manga. No Absolutely context. Not no yet. Con- Good. Good for you. You don't have to oh like. You don't have to know the things I know, because oh because I had I had started this manga because I wasn't going to watch the show uh, because I had, it's infamous series about how dark it is and things like that. But I was like I was like I read a lot of manga. I read a lot more manga than I read. I watch anime these days. Simply just I can I can tear through a manga so fast. But I remember starting it and I got to chapter 12 and by the end of chapter 12, I was like, okay, I need to take a break and go cry in the shower for a while. Like, that's how dark this is. I, I'd say it's it's more suited to like a hentai. Um, oh like, boy. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, like sometimes you'll see the see it recommended as like dark fantasy. And if you count that it's in a fantasy world and it's dark as fuck, then yeah, sure. But it, it definitely, the genre doesn't sell how much rape, uh, hypnosis and mind control happens. Um, things like that. Like it's just, uh, the guy basically is a, he's a member of the hero party to, to subjugate the demon King. But it turns out that all the heroes are terrible and abuse him. And so they do accomplish this, um, by drugging him for one 
And so at the end of the whole thing, and they defeat the Demon King, he somehow survives the whole thing and actually learns enough about healing through the use of uh, something, some whatever nugget of uh, whatever. Uh, he goes back in time to correct and get revenge on every one of these people. But at the same time, he basically figures out his healing power can be used for everything. Controlling people's minds, controlling their appearance, including his own. He can absorb... He can absorb their memories. He can absorb their skills. He can restore people to life, restore limbs. He, he can do everything. And as wow. a matter of fact, it, when you think he's not going to be able to do something, it the plot just makes it happen. If you can call it a plot. Yeah. No. This And I that's just scraping the surface. And you need to understand, like, he has the right to feel revenge. Like, we're talking about he got, he got abused. He got raped himself. Like, we're talking horrible stuff happened to this guy. But he comes back and instead of like trying to correct it and be a hero or anything like that, he just basically becomes as evil as they are and does horrible stuff to them in return. So it's kind of hard to actually feel any kind of sympathy with the guy because it actually he just seems evil and his whole his whole purpose is revenge and he almost like gets a freaking hard on from from wanting to get revenge. But even more so, a lot of the stuff that he does is in a lot of the story content is very like a sexual oriented. And so it gets super uncomfortable. Like, I look, I, I love Berserk. I love things like Code Geist. These are both great dark stories with good character development and in like deep, like big worlds that are built on, you know, certain elements. And yes, there is some darker things that happen. Murder. And I mean, I think in, in Berserk, there is, there is a moment where one of the characters gets raped. Um, and it, but it's part of like, the storyline and why everything that is happening is happening. And it's, it's never really explicit, unlike redo of healer. And it's more of like a, ve a vehicle for moving the story in the direction of like guts becoming what he is. And, and it's just, it's so tasteful, but it's dark, but it's not to the point of this. And I, I just like, it's hard for me to recommend this series. Like, and I, like, I have a hard time getting through it just to get to this point, but my favorite waifu would be, uh, is, according to the manga uh, translations I'm reading is Iblis, the, uh, the black haired, uh, the black winged, black haired, uh, demon king candidate. And that's simply because she's actually the most like reasonably decent character I've read so far. She definitely wants revenge on people. So that's how they kind of end up interacting but she's not some like sex slave to him or anything like that yet i guess i don't know i'm on chapter like 24 or something yeah and and she has her own autonomy and just like has motivation and power and things like that and i like that about her like she's not just there is hentai bait and you know may, maybe that changes later in the series i don't know but i like her character design because I, I also like angels and like dark angel kind of things and um she's she's got a good design and a good motivation as a character so it's probably the the closest to a decent character i can find in this series because it doesn't have very many of them yeah i'm probably taking that off my queue that does yeah matter. you should you should because because according to according to our friend if you watch the censored version it's so it's so censored that it's laughable to call it a show but there is an uncensored version i just can't remember where it is and, and if you I... would even want to watch it no, I'll let this segue us to our next bit where we talk about what we're watching. 
Uh, yeah, I'll go first since uh, this kind of ties together. But I think last week it was we were talking about me watching Stigmata or Quasar of Stigmata. And I actually had to call it quits on episode two because I got so uncomfortable um, with the uh, suckling and the the weirdness. <laughs> and it's I, I couldn't uh, another woman revealed herself. And he was like, it's go time. And I was like, no, no, sir. You know what? I can't. I can't do this. You know what? I'll, I'll watch another isekai. And Look, so she... <laughs> this the series like this are why we get so much shit for being anime fans. I think deservingly so. I, you know, maybe I need a wedgie. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, um, there there is definitely some less than tasteful series out there, and they have their place. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, like, I remember trying to watch Queen's Blade. Is what I think it was. It was based mm-hmm. off this like. Uh, this kind of like fan servicey like type of RPG book, but it it's all like just weird fetishes and big titted women and in provocative situations and yeah. like I, I I couldn't even discern a semblance of a plot for what I watched before I was like I'm just I'm good I'm good man I'm good yeah no that that's eventually what it got to in the story or in the episode I was watching where it was just just so much bouncing and so many nipples and i was like i Mm -hmm. i can't do i am so uncomfortable right now this is this is gross (laughs) and so i stopped and i called my brother and i was like hey i need you to give me an anime i need something to watch just give me something and did you just ignore his suggestion and watch something else you know how i do it you know i I I know that's how you do it no 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 I, i'm actually taking it to heart um he, okay, he, good. he recommended me lupin or the saga of tanya the evil saga so, uh, saga of tanya the evil is pretty solid it, it it's a little bit dark too but it's way better done it, like it's more of like just the setting and and the way it goes down i like it, it it's a pretty solid show and i think um, that's the one i'm going with is mm-hmm. tanya the evil i think that's a little bit more of what i'm feeling right now Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, I think I'll be doing that, but I I have to I'll probably be starting that in the morning. What are you watching? Yeah. I oh oh no. well I I I caught up oh, with a uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid oh. season two. Same here, um, same here. Yes, and I'm really enjoying like I've watched like three or four episodes, and I'm enjoying the good mix between expansion of lore for like uh, the dragon clans and things like that, and the weird shit they get into. Um, it still has it, one of the biggest things about Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is it's definitely fan servicey because of the original author's just tendencies and things like that. But it does have some decent world building and it has a good theme of family. And I and I will not deny the value of that, though I also stand by that this series would be really mundane if it wasn't for our good friends at Kyoto Animation animating like some of the best fucking fight scenes in like the first episode. Oh yeah. The, the the crazy clashes between the Lulu and Toru were to die for. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Wonderful. But I did like learning about the history of Toru and uh, Elma. And Elma, yeah, that was a great one. Because it's also really funny to see them have like these different attitudes from like the past. And now they're these completely like like squishy moe girls that just mm-hmm. like love food or like Miss Kobayashi. So I think that's cute. I do love uh I do love a Lulu. She's a great character addition and her complete lack of understanding of anything and the com- the completely innocent boy that ends up 
you know, becoming the one that follows her around and, and is associated with it. Cause like every, every dragon gets a human in this show. Yeah. And uh, it also brings me to the point of, I don't like the character of uh, what's her, what's her name? The, the, the one with the mage kid, the Luca, Luca. L- yeah. The only thing I like about her is when she opens her eyes because the eye design on her is fantastic. It's gorgeous. Like, it's That's so like the wonderful. most prettiest thing in the anime is her eyes. Yeah, every time she opens her eyes, I'm like, yes, this is the moment. Um, but other than that, I've also been enjoying my favorite anime. <sighs> I knew it. I knew that's what we were getting at. <laughs> That was quite some. That was quite a pause of foreplay there. Go ahead, give it to me. Welcome to Demon School Irumakin. Oh boy, I, there's an Spit episode per it. week. We'll Why are you surprised? It grows. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, I, I I've been watching that, and then I I just recently started up uh freaking Hiyako. It's a it's kind of a another cute girls doing cute things series, but I like the animation and kind of some of the jokes. Um. Hiyako's old at this point. Like uh, you could only get it on DVD. Um, How do you spell so it? H y a k k o. H y a k k o. Like Hiyako is a personal favorite of mine. I actually got it on DVD because I I love it. It's just it's kind of like rambunctious girls doing rambunctious things, and each one of them has their own like quirks. But you know, there's like a there's a goofy one, and there's a straight man kind of character, and but it's cute and it's fun and it's nice and refreshing. It's a nice palate cleanser before I get into something more uh, deep. Like I'm sub- I'm going to try to start Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because I watched the original Full Metal Alchemist anime, but I never watched Brotherhood. And much like JoJo, which I'm still working on, by the way, I never, I never watched it, but I bought it. So I own Brotherhood, but I do not have any history of watching it so i'm gonna try to fix that along with jojo jojo is gonna be a long-term thing like i sneak in a few episodes here and there so hiyako looks like uh a k-on version of full metal alchemist <laughs> that, that's exactly what it looks like like animation style wise that that's exactly what it looks like like i can mm. see edward and elric just as girls in an academy doing whatever this is there was another series that was kind of like that, but I liked it a little bit better. The character designs were a little squishy Moe girl, but the, the animation and the actual story was kind of heartfelt. And that was a uh, Manabi straight, a series that went unlicensed for forever. And I think, I think a company licensed it not that long ago and released a, a physical release. I need to get my hands on it. I think it's actually pretty, pretty available still from right stuff. Speaking of, of things to get from right stuff, they announced the uh, G Kids released um, Neon Genesis Evangelion box set. They also announced Kakeguri getting physical released. That's right. Sentai excited. Sentai is putting it out. Sentai, yeah. yes. Ah, very. Ah, very excited. I really like Kakeguri. I I like Sentai Filmworks because their releases are just top notch. Those are those are the special editions you want. Yeah. When you really want to feel it on your shelf, like it's so damn good. Like I have every one of their, uh, uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon box sets, like premium box sets, and they are amazing. I also have all their uh, Haikyuu, mm-hmm. the the volleyball anime box sets, and those yeah. are beautiful things as well. 
So you were, you were talking about Saku Man, Saku, well, Saku Nation, Sakuga earlier, and I saw a clip earlier. I, I followed just a couple anime pages on social media, and they do snippets from different animes. And there was a Sakuga section from Haku, and it looked so good. The the boy just ran up real quick, slapped the ball, just in a just a random setting. But it was gorgeous. I was oh like, yeah, oh, it's amazing. Uh, the the Haikyuu series is a really good sports anime and manga for that matter because it it does a decent amount of character development off the court, but when it's on the court, it's just dynamic. It's fun. All the characters have their own kind of like quirks and abilities, and it actually instead of just focusing purely on like the school that you're supposed to be following. It focuses on other characters at other schools too, and they they come back and play those schools again, in some cases, and so you kind of get to continue the connection there, and it's just really good. It's a lot of fun. It's probably one of the most engaging ones I've watched in a long while. Um, I need to go back and uh, check out Ice Shield Twenty One because uh, Ice Shield Twenty One, being the American football manga, uh, it, which I didn't realize That's this, a weird but the, sentence. Okay, so yeah, it's an American football manga that almost everybody, like everybody I've talked to and any like YouTubers that are anime related that talk about favorite series, I Shield 21 comes up a lot, like on a lot of people's lists. And so I really need to go back and check this out. I mean, our friend Will recommends it, like reads it apparently like once a year. Um, hmm. But, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, uh, the last one I, I really got into besides uh, Haikyuu is uh, Hajime no Ippo. And then, uh, God, back in the day, Prince of Tennis. Prince of Tennis was real popular while I was in high school. That was, yeah. uh, that was a good one. I think Lots of- that one was in the Shonen Jumps when I was getting that. Yeah, that that was that was a huge deal for a very long time. All those Bishonin boys and all the girls really liking them. I think that's coming back out. I um, think it has a sequel series. Yeah. It's just not near. It doesn't have the, the kind of like power that it did when I was younger. Like when it first, when the first series, like it, yeah. it was a thing. There was like plushies. There was, you know, stickers. Like it was the big vehicle. Like this is before the days of fake grand order and, uh, you know, Madoka Magica and all those like really big series Demon Slayer that that really have taken over the market like Prince of Tennis was a big deal right and uh, people have forgotten that it's, it's sad it'll come back it'll, the real world will make its comeback in anime and I wanted to use this to segue us into the main topic of today's discussion which was hobby burnout and how we deal with that kind of and and balancing that with our usual work work days and hobby days and what we do how do we deal with our hobbies when we're kind of done with them and come back to them um i know i know for me at least my main two hobbies are uh, you're you're probably not gonna believe this um anime and video games uh, <gasps> shock and awe <laughs> shut your mouth you're <laughs> what <laughs> i know um but for me sometimes i do get tired of playing video games and sometimes i do get tired of watching anime and so i i kind of just balance it in the genres that i play or watch and so i try to make sure i don't get too focused in one or the other so or at least for me at least um i try not to play too many of the same back-to-back games so like i don't play too many jrpgs i don't play too much of the same action games or shooters or anything like that i 
I try to keep it varied so that I don't get stagnant. Because once I get stagnant, I get bored. And if I'm bored, I'm burned out. And I have no more interest in that hobby. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think you, you run the risk of missing out on a good experience simply based on the fact that you are burned out on, say, a genre or a certain experience in general. Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I, I blend into, like, say, an FPS every once in a while. And I, you know, because because the thing is, like, my main thing is definitely going to be JRPGs and um, actually puzzle games a lot. I love puzzle games. But I do I do drop into uh, a fun fact. Shout out to the, the Wii title Octomania, which literally is a puzzle game about rotating octopuses on a grill. Um, just throwing that out there. No, no, you don't get to segue from that. <laughs> not, not without describing. It. Can you can you can you in noises only describe to me what a level in that sounds like? Uh, a lot of sizzling sounds and just kind of like cute little octopus sounds. I guess I don't I don't know what an octopus what sounds like, but fuck? there's cute like little mascot sounds. But yeah, it's this this game called Octomania, and it like I guess it, if I recall correctly, it's been a while now. It had little like two by two squares of different color octopus on a grill and you would you have multiple like nods uh, uh nodules of them and you'd have to spin them around and to to match and then they grill off and they go off onto a plate or something if i recall correctly oh um, my god it's real yeah i'm not lying this is one of my favorites i was hoping you were oh is this nis who made this i can't i don't recognize this developer or this publisher who is this sweet christ I, I picked it up on a whim at a GameStop one time. I like the colors. To. You mm-hmm. can't you can't go looking for this. No, this is an accident, and I just happened to love it. This was Idea Factory. Yeah, of course it was. Hell yeah, I had good taste even by accident. Oh my god, no! This is the same people's. These are the people that did uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia, right? Yeah. Oh my god, how do you go from titties to octomania? I love it. I love it. But I also, I also was a huge fan of Pokemon Troze back in the day. Mm, yeah. Okay. Troze was a solid Pokemon based puzzle game. I liked, I liked the fact that you had to like capture them still and things like that. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, but the, the point is, is like a lot of times it's not just down to genre. Sometimes I, I do take a break from gaming or anime in general, like I, anime, especially like if I go to Benji, um one of the biggest problems of being a fan for as long as i have is you recognize things you've seen before or parallels to things you've seen enough times that it doesn't get your attention um like if you watch a bunch of harem anime back to back to back like it can, you can kind of be like yeah i know you're you're the sundari type you're the sporty type you're the weird one um you know shit like that is there going to be a beach episode yes there is is there going to be a uh, freaking hot springs episode? Yes, there is. I, all those things, and don't get me wrong, I love a harem se- a series. I, I mean, Love Hina is still one of my top tier series of all time. Um, one of the actually one of the first harem mangas I ever read uh, slash harem show. Manga's way better, but when you start recognizing patterns and stop enjoying what you're watching, that's burnout. And, and the, it's not maybe it's not quite burnout. Maybe it's just uh, you know the repetition is just too frequent so if you want to continue to love the thing you love you got to take a break you got to step away 
Um, yeah. I think that's why I think that's why it's important to have multiple hobbies and be able to break out of your thing. And, yeah, and I'm with you. Like animating games is kind of my primary one. You can tell that from the wall scrolls behind me and all the games on the shelf and all the manga and the anime on the shelves. But I also do other things. Like this has actually led me back into uh, my love of audiovisual equipment. I used uh, when I was in when I was in high school and early college. I did a lot of video technology classes just because I was interested in it. Um, now, mind you, it's a lot easier than it was back then. Like you had back in the day, you had to have a special unit that you bought to do like multiple VHSs and things like that to do video editing. So, yeah, I know da- dating myself, all kinds of bad, but it, it's a lot of fun for me to take a break from games and anime and start learning about things, especially this podcast has put me down that, that rabbit hole of learning about mixers and multi-channel recording um the difference between post-production and things you can do on the fly you know uh how how all that works and like what you can accomplish with with less money uh and things like that like so clearly i I have an interest in this so like I've, i've chosen to take a break on something over here to enjoy this over here so i can come back to the other thing refreshed and i I i think that's a big thing uh what was it our our friend said that uh you know they hadn't played Magic the Gathering in a while, right? Hadn't, hadn't even thought about it, but that you know I think they they were worried about it being a bad thing. Like maybe they just hate it now, and I, I don't think that's the case. I think you just have to take a break every once in a while to overcome it. Now, if you take that break and you come back to it, and then maybe you're still feeling that way, so you take another break and you come back to it. I, I like my rule is three. My rule is three. If I come back to it three times and I'm still just not feeling it, then clearly I'm not feeling it at all anymore and that's just the way life is i mean i used to be really into star wars i used to collect like the figures and i used to read all the extended universe novels and collect uh spaceship diagrams Hell um yeah yeah like i was really really into it and i and i still i still enjoy star wars but I, i'm not like that into it anymore um and you know it just i did try to come back to it on a couple occasions and i you know i finally hit it with the most recent movies i'm like I enjoy this, but not not to the like the rabid level I did at one point. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just part of, you know, becoming a more whole person. Yeah. No, absolutely. Routing yourself out and just finding other things, other other backup hobbies, I guess, to kind of fall into whenever you're in that that hole. One thing for me, um, one hobby I don't really get to do too often is model building. Um, mm. I like to build the Gundams. It's something I like to do. It takes hours for me. And I mean, I just, oh yeah, it it just takes me forever because I I like to follow instructions. Mm -hmm. I like to look at it. Okay. A1 goes to B5. Like I sit there and look at it. I put put on a podcast and I'll just sit here and go at it for hours. And I love it. But it's not something I can do all the time because it's really wearing on your fingers. And I don't like doing that. I don't like tearing out my fingers or anything like that Mm -hmm. because I can't do it no more. So every couple of months I'll start falling out of a game. I'll start falling out of anime, but then I don't want to keep playing games. I don't want to keep watching anime or forcing myself. Cause if I have to force myself to do something, then it's that's time. Yeah. If I'm working at my hobby, that's wrong. I, mm-hmm. I'm pushing myself at something I shouldn't be. So, okay, I need to, I need to fall back. Let's build something. Let's push my energy in something to recharge. And so I'll grab me a model kit. We have Absolutely. A, a local store around here that I normally go and I'll, I'll peruse and I'll put my eyes on something and I'll grab it eventually once I'm ready for it. And then I'll put it together and I'll, I'll be happy with it. 
spend a couple hours and all right, recharged. Let's see what I'm ready and feeling. And if not, mm-hmm. if I'm not quite ready to go back into it, then it is what it is. But I actually just went through a phase where I wasn't quite ready to go back to my JRPGs. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? I'm in the middle of Final Fantasy VII and Shining Resonance Refrain. But I know that I'm a little overloaded with mm-hmm. the JRPG anime aesthetic. So instead of playing more of those, I took a break. I played Stubbs the Zombie and Resident Evil Revelations just to kind of switch it up for myself so that I knew that I could keep doing this. Because I know it's a book club game I'm coming up on. Yeah. So I could keep playing it. Yeah, the, the Atelier Ryza game is definitely in that same wheelhouse. So you don't want to go into it already being tired of it. Yeah. So took a break, played other games so that I knew I'd be refreshed. So it's just it's knowing yourself, getting to know how you handle things at some point as well before yeah. you get that fatigue uh, fatigue point. Yeah. So one of the things I do, like, uh, I'm just going to, we're going to kind of go back and forth and we're going to talk a little bit about like the things we do that are outside of that wheelhouse. Like, sure, you can switch genres, right? Um, but there are other things you can do besides just switch genres in your anime or your games. Uh, and your hobbies all vary. Like, for instance, uh, like one of the things that I, I do a lot of times uh, when I want to break up the monotony of, well, I get not monotony. Like, it's not monotonous to enjoy what you enjoy. But when I stop enjoying it and it becomes work, I switch to something else. Like, for instance, I like to cook. Like, I, I like to put myself in a position where I grab a recipe and I say, I've never made this. I have no knowledge about it. And I'll, I'll go whole hog into that. And, like, for instance, I taught myself to make uh, gyudon, which is basically the Japanese beef bowl. Uh, you've heard it, but that's the thing. Is I, get, I didn't just get one basic recipe and go try to make it. I... I went, you know, rabbit hole because I was like, I'm interested in this. I want to know about it and and like see how many different types of recipes are there. I went onto YouTube and I watched people talk about what kind of uh, cut of meat to use, um, how to like what's a way to slice the meat thin if you don't have like a meat slicer or a butcher that can do that for you. Um, you know, all these ingredients and like different variations. And I got really into that. I thought that was a lot of fun. And so like, you know, I made a point to get the, the stuff from the store and I came home after I'd done all this research and and like in this, I did this over like a week or two, just doing all the research and, and looking until I finally decided this is the way I want it to be. And so I finally went to the store and I got all the ingredients and I went at it. And boy, oh boy, was the first one a horrible, horrible failure. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was edible. It was edible. And it was meat and it was rice and onions and sauce and a really bad. Like, because the thing is, like, well, like one of the things I learned is like you had to let the sauce cook down so it's thicker. Yeah. That, that wasn't really talked about a lot in a lot of things. Like, it was just assumed. So, for me, like, one of the great things about this, like, now I've, I've fucked up this dish, but I've learned something. And I, and I did all this research, and I had fun doing it. And that was the point. It was not about making a good dish. It was not about wanting to know the sources of where this idea came from. It was just about having fun doing it. And, yeah, cooking is one of the things I find fun. I like to throw myself into a, a different type of cooking than just like hamburgers and hot dogs and some of the Americana that we all know and, and love technically. And I, and I think that was a fun hobby to break into. Like a, if I had to say anything, it's like, you know, really challenge yourself to do something unusual. Cause you might find it fun. Like for you, like what's a, what is a hobby you, I mean, modeling is definitely, you know, making models is definitely its own experience, but is there like a, something you've tried or a hobby you take on occasionally that you really enjoy that isn't what you would expect adjacently? I imagine 
like carpentry is actually something I would really want to be into. Just to how much I enjoy building things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy building the furniture for the house. Like I, I have a crib behind me. I mean, you can't see it in the video, but it's just Stephen the can, but I, I actually had fun building the crib. But if I could just have a little garage where I was doing wood and I had a, a place where I could have a diagram out and maybe build something, maybe I could build a futon or like an actual stand for my living room. I feel like that's something I could do. Something tangible, mm-hmm. something I make like, I made that. Wow, that's nice. Now let me go ahead and get back to Cinema Cargo P2 Splash. Just like that <laughs> in between. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I think that's a solid a solid thing. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I also am interested in is I, I don't know if you've seen this. There's like there's a there's a channel out there. I'll have to try to remember the channel name, but it's a channel where this person literally just it's a video. It's videos of him restoring old electronics, like video game systems. Oh yeah, like literally removing it and then like putting like the case that's yellowed from like nicotine and things like that into like a certain solution to return it to the white color and like finding out, okay, how dirty is this on the inside? Like where's the dust that's just, you know, and replacing parts and like restoring it to absolute brand new status. And it's, it's remarkably relaxing to watch, but I also am deeply curious about it. Like I also, I follow a lot of information about arcade cabinets. Like um, that was one of the ones I branched off into for like a, a solid like six months in between me being like, all right, I've watched enough Isekai. Um, I mean, let's be real. The amount of Isekai out there, like even, I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know who could just watch that much Isekai and go, you know, I still love this genre. Um, but, you know, in, in a break, I got really into to arcade machinery and learning about the different ones that exist. And I learned, and see, part of it is a little bit about the physical nature of it, but part of it is also the knowledge of how it actually works. Um, so, like, I got really into candy cabs. Candy cabs are Japanese arcade cabinets, and there's so many different types. And there's different um, systems that go into each of them. And so I did all this re- research. I got into forums. I talked to people. I started learning about where candy cabs were in my local area. Like, there's a really – there used to be. I don't know if it's still there. There used to be, like, a really small place near the UT campus uh, called Arcade, arcade UFO. And they had like, they actually had a four candy cab setup. Uh, I believe they were Astro Cities from Sega. That had Gundam versus Gundam Next set up back to back, so you could do two v two against your friends on authentic Japanese candy cabs. Like I thought that was so cool, and I like I always wanted one of those. I want to get like a broken one and try to restore it. Like I get so excited about this sort of thing, yeah. and that was that was a fun thing to get into and. I think that's the biggest thing a lot of people forget is that when you get burned out on something that you love, that doesn't mean you don't love it anymore. It just means you need a break and you can do anything. You can start working out. You can do woodworking. Like you're talking about doing carpentry. You can learn electronics. You can, uh, you can take up anything and, and find something to enjoy about it. I mean, that's what hobbies are. You don't have to shoehorn yourself into one or two or even one in general. You just, you, you fight burnout by being varied and versatile and uh, and being open-minded. Absolutely. Otherwise, you become the hobby of your job in a, in a meta universe where I don't know where I want to take that. We'll let that ride. So, yeah, just, just let that ride into the alternate universe you're talking about. Yeah, but that'll, that'll, go, that'll sail off somewhere else. But it, it, that actually also like kind of brings up the whole concept of uh, – Sometimes doing what you love for your job 
can make you love it less. Um, like for instance, my, my little brother works in video gaming. Like he, he's, he is out there in the market and it's interesting to me because imagine, imagine you worked for a company and they said, you can have all the games for free. Can you like, as a gamer, you can imagine that's a great feeling. Like I can play anything and it's free and you can try anything at any time and it's free. And so you, you think that there's a great boon, but if you worked 12 hours a day, 10 hours, 12 hours a day in that field, would you like, would you really want to go home and spend the, all your free time doing that? Like, like that's a, that's one of those questions for the ages, but I can attest that like my little brother works in that field and he plays a few games here and there, but he definitely doesn't play like we used to when I was younger. And so that's, that kind of is like that. It's sort of that example that makes me think that doing what you love for your job or making what you love your job or viewing what you love as work will make you just not do it. Yeah. But I hope, I hope that people can get away from that. So no, it's got to know yourself, know what you can do, know what you can't. And that that's really what it is. Get to know yourself better. And talking to people around you can help you learn that too. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what they helped me talking to my wife, helped me realize that. I'm not feeling this. It's like, take a break, do something else. Oh, okay. Like when she's done reading books or playing animal crossing, you know, I don't really want to play <laughs> with my animals anymore. Go read your book, do something else. And it's the same thing for me and my games or my anime. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I encourage uh, treating it healthily. Like, uh, when we're, when I was younger, I actually got way too into anime. Um, I'd say it was like that kind of like living in a fantasy world sort of thing. And I can acknowledge that now as an adult, but like, I, I definitely hit that full cringy weeb mode, you know, uh -huh. you know, the whole, like trying to do the actions from an anime and, uh, you know, dressing up a certain way, uh, being involved in different things. Like I, I had that moment. I had the moment. And I, there was definitely this, this kind of like come to God moment too, where it's like, this is, you can't live in a, in a fantasy. You have to like kind of uh, live authentically, I guess, um, for lack of a better phrase at the moment. Um, you can enjoy something, but you don't have to live it. And if, to to those that are are doing that, they figure it out. They they always kind of figure it out. And uh, I hope I hope they enjoy the time that they have being that into something, and and can learn to balance that sort of thing. Uh, so that you can enjoy it at the right level and make it a lifelong enjoyment. Like I, cause I always felt like whenever I was that intense, it was, it was like a flame burning way too hot. And whenever that happens, it, I, you run the risk of just coming to hate it. And I, at least that's my opinion on it. Yeah. It's balancing, balancing your, uh, balancing that passion, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. know, but it's balance overall. Well, Steven, I think we'll let that, put us onto the boat before we sell out. Mm -hmm. Um, you got anything else for us before we, uh, any kind of questions, comments, concerns before we dip on out of here, before I come tuck you in, <laughs> before you come tuck me in, man, this is going to, this is going to be our closing from this point. I think it is. I think I'm going to let that be my closing comment for, uh, for the show as I'm going to come tuck you in <laughs> until we start recording at a different time besides night. That's gonna yeah. be my, 
absolutely it's gonna be even weirder when we record at night in the same space and oh. it'll be like wait are they is this is this some is some I'm actually about to happen i'm actually tucking you in <laughs> <laughs> no uh i actually just have to say um i do want to i would i do want to like make a comment about something have i talked about how i've accidentally made myself a boomer a, a boomer yeah no, i uh i don't think so uh, elaborate the, the whole thing the whole thing where like uh i spent probably like most of my early 20s uh not involved in a lot of like internet and like culture in general um so while i knew of the existence of certain things like twitter instagram uh snapchat uh fans yeah, absolutely. Who who one hundred percent like dropped the ball and said, "Oh, we're banning pornography." Just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, commentary over. But the, the the reality is, is I, I I knew that these things existed, but I never interacted with them. I never bothered like meme culture for that matter, because I went seven years without a computer. I never owned a computer for seven years. I had a I had a smartphone, and I would I would occasionally like check out some manga, you know, like check out a couple websites. I wasn't really, I never deep dived because I always felt like doing it on your phone isn't the same experience. I, I remember enjoying computers back when I was younger and I just went through this period where I was moving around and was doing different things. I went seven years without a computer. So what I'm experiencing now through the podcast and just trying to like ex- expand our audience and learn about a lot of things is I'm having to learn the internet all at once. Like Twitter and an Instagram and Reddit and all of these things, I just feel like I've I've walked into Wonderland and I'm looking at all this weird shit that I never knew existed. And there's someone over on the other side of the screen who goes, "Yeah, it's been that way for a while, dude. Like I I know what I'm, I know that. Like everything is new to me. It's it's amazing to me. It's it's blowing my mind. Yeah. Like I'm I'm on Twitter over here going like I can't just follow every fucking artist Twitter." Like, can I? Is that allowed? Like, am I just gonna have like, like, like anime waifu art on my Twitter all the time? Um, oh, that was you that did that. I'm not yes. mad at that, but I was wondering. <laughs> like, uh, so I I follow a lot more people, and then like those people suggest artists and things like that, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna because like I feel a little shitty like being like, yeah, I like that, or I like I post it in our in our Discord, um, uh, waifu and husbando, uh, channel. And it seems wrong not to like go actually like the Twitter of the artist and just be like, I'm going to take your art and like post it for my friends, but I'm not going to follow you. No, that's, that's rude as hell. That's yeah. like uh, not crediting an artist. So, so I follow a lot of artists now and, and, and I'm learning how it all works and like what things you can do. And, and like posting on our Twitter is always a little challenging for me. It's like, do I put hashtags? Do I not put hashtags? Like, I don't know the etiquette. I'm still learning. And we haven't even, I haven't even touched, I haven't even touched, like I have a little, I have a few channels on Reddit that I've favorited, but it's like, then I'm getting into the whole thing of like, how do I keep up with this? Like I, I have a job and I have a girlfriend, I have things to do, I gotta cook, um, but Reddit's really cool, Twitter's really cool, and I, I still text and talk on Discord and I'm supposed to play a game? I have a show to watch? What's happening? How do I, how do I have all the time for this? And it's so, I've inadvertently made myself a boomer because i never bothered to learn and so i just seem like the out of touch dad i'm like yeah i've seen the TikToks and the uh the 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 red faces um 
this is like I feel deeply like whenever my mother used to refer to every video game system I had as a Nintendo. Um, so I'm trying to change that. It is an experience that I will continue to chronicle on our podcast, and I hope everybody enjoys watching me try to not be as much of a boomer as I apparently am. Um, with that said, please follow us on Twitter at uh, Senco Podcast. And uh, join us for all the times we kind of make commentary about our gaming and our anime and just all the cool stuff we see on the internet. Um, you can also find us on uh, freaking, let's see, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I think we're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Podbean. Um, am I forgetting anything at this point? YouTube. Yes, we are on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, we may even be on Twitch at some point in the near future. Um, we're teasing we're teasing a little bit of a, a possible kind of after show kind of uh, reaction experience and uh, that's coming down the pipeline it's not next week I promise you it's not next week it might not even be next month but we will see everybody gotta get yeah, the idea. Everybody, yeah. And reddit keep doing the reddit thing like absolutely join us on reddit and uh, man I love everything we're doing guys please help us get bigger and bigger and have more fun with it and uh let us know if we suck <laughs> at any point otherwise just have a wonderful night i'm done talking you talk now ah, you took everything man <laughs> I, I, was, I stole it all you stole it all i have nothing else to say except good night good night my friends nothing else i'll talk to you later man bye peace